quiet on the set. Hello and welcome to the Women in Film and Television Ireland podcast. My name is Jennifer Davidson. I'm a writer, Women in Film and Television member and chair of the Writers Guild of Ireland. On the 7th of May, Women in Film and Television and the Writers Guild held a very special joint event, Women Writing for the Screen, Strategizing for Our Future in the Museum of Literature, Ireland. My colleague, Dr. Susan Liddy, moderated a lively panel discussion on the topic of breaking into the industry with writer-director Kate Dolan, filmmaker and editor Claire Byrne, and writers Lynn Ruan and Sinead Colopy. We want to know about you. We want to know what you're doing, what's good and happened for you, maybe how, how others in the room can emulate and so on. Can I start with you, Sinead? Yes. I have my little list here, but anyway, look, here's, here's the thing I want to ask all of you. Because there's a lot of talk today about, the, and Stephanie even mentioned it there, new voices, you know. So what I want to kind of know from each of you, like, are you aware, as a writer, that you have a voice, and I know, Claire, you're not a writer per se, but you work with writers and you have a voice, and you're very important in the sense that all writers, I, I think, are looking for someone to work with. Were you aware that you had a voice, that you had, what I mean by that is that you had stories that you could not see in the landscape and you felt the need to fill them. Was that your experience, Sinead? Yeah, I mean, my journey started like really, really only three years ago. So yeah, that's when, so exciting actually to think of Which is kind of yeah. crazy. It and is. I'm looking at the chandelier and I'm looking at the wallpaper <laughs> and I'm like, what am I doing in this room? Because if you asked me three years ago, you know, yeah. from New York yeah, yeah. City, like me yeah. would be in this room, I'd say not a million years. I know, there we go. Um, so like my background is that like I worked 20 years and I'm still working yeah. for child protection services. Right. So that's kind of my bread and butter. And that's what I went into yeah. straight out of college. And I've worked at the front line across the country. and. I was like watching television and watching film and I was getting kind of annoyed at what I was seeing was the representation mm. of communities that I was working in day to day. Mm. The representation of kids in the care system, the representation of city centre, inner city communities mm. where I come from. And they were always in a crime. They were always, mm. it was always the fella who robbed the bank when you look back at him and yeah. he come from care and I was getting really annoyed. And, the lads I was working with in care systems, that they were mad into Peaky Blinders and all this. And right. they were saying to me, like, you know, well, that's what's expected of us. Like, when they look at a screen and they look at young men, they see young men doing criminal activity. Mm. And they see them coming from these backgrounds. Mm. And I was like, well, that's not right. Like, you can be something completely mm. different. Mm. So, like, when I was going to school, like, I went to, from Limerick, I went to St. Mary's yeah. in Limerick, um, which would have been kind of designated as a disadvantaged background yeah. or whatever. And, you know, like my family, very working class background. And if I had said I wanted to be a writer, my father would have been like, you're writing what? He'd have been I know, like, are you I having know, a laugh? Yeah. He'd be like, you know, you go, you get a proper job. Yeah. You're like a nurse or a yeah. doctor or, yeah. a, or you're a teacher or you're a something. Yeah. Like I didn't know anybody writing. I mean, the closest I ever had to the film and TV world was that my uncle ran a TV rental shop in Limerick. Well, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> that was great. Get to television, you ran a TV rental shop, but that was it. And I kind of gave myself a task, like I'm nearly 43, so I'm kind of pushing that, you know. So I said, you know, what my task was before I turned 40 was to learn how to write a script. That was it. You mean to say you were hitting 40 and you didn't even know how to write a script? No. Sorry, I don't mean that to be. No. But I, I mean, it's wonderful, no. isn't it? I mean, like, I'd never written a script in my life. 
Susan, never. I'd written short stories. Now, so did the, the writing bug that you're talking about and you wanted to do, did you turn that into short stories initially? Is no, that initially you? when I was kind of in my early 20s, I wrote a few short stories okay. just for myself. Yeah. Never showed it to anybody. Oh, right. Ever, right. ever. Nobody ever yeah. saw them. And then I was like 39, I was watching, I think it was the BAFTAs, and Olivia Colman was talking, and she made some line and she said, you know, women, if you have something that you want to do, just do it. And I was sitting there in my pyjama and talking to my husband eating popcorn, and I was like, yes, Olivia. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> she talked to me. And my husband was like, you lost the plot. And I was like, no, she, she said it. And he goes, she's your mad. So I literally just got a few scripts downloaded off BBC Writers Room, bought a few books, wrote an awful lot of crap. And I said, I just want to learn how to write one script before I turn 40. That's my deal, like. And I did. And then it didn't stop. And then I was like, well, people want to see more. People want to see more. Oh, my God, this is freaking me out. And uh, three years later, here I am. That's some story, isn't it? Oh my God! <laughs> that is some story. That's the kind of story that's a good start off for the day. I'm sure there'll be lots of other stories that'll bring us down, but we'll remember that one. Uh, I'll be back to you, obviously, yes. Sinead. Lynn, yes. how are you? We haven't good. met before. I know. Well, tell me about your voice, because there's kind of similarities yeah, there. Yeah, there, there, there most definitely right. is. I think, um, I think if I even go one further, I think... Um, so I try to find a way to have voice in many different mm. arenas, and I suppose being a politician, yeah. you would think, oh, great, you've, you've ha you have the ultimate platform yeah, now yeah. for a voice. But it's very hard to be that close to power for that long mm. and for it not to actually do anything. Right. So that can kind of uh, demoralise you yeah. in a real, yeah. real way because yeah. you're using your voice and using yeah. your voice and there's, yeah. nothing, yes. there's nothing happening, there's yeah. nothing changing. Yeah. So that, there's only someone who can do that for yeah. so long. So yeah. why I start writing, I suppose, for film then, I went and done creative writing in uh, DCU. I was already writing in the sense that I wrote my book. Right. Uh, yeah. There was lots of things that didn't make the legal rate that I'm finding films for. Right. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're fiction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there'll be no arrests. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so I kind of had to reassess that I didn't want to be a lone voice yeah. as a politician yeah. because sometimes I was like, do they think I'm exaggerating? Right. Like, do they really yeah. know that I'm being very real on the yeah. realities of yeah. life here? Like, so. I had to find a way yeah. to bring voice to my voice yeah. so that I wasn't in a, that alone. Yeah. And I suppose yeah. that's why I started then writing about our stories and finding ways to bring my whole community, all our experiences yeah. and all the different, and some good, some bad, mm. like quite complex stories. And and then um, I started writing for, for with Claire. Claire approached me um, a while back after reading my book and then Claire was uh, Ruth Cody then wanted to work with Claire so what they were like you know that's a bit of a dream come true now I have to say isn't that, isn't that just that sound just a bit perfect that somebody approached do you know yes, how hard it is to get saying, but that yeah. only came I think for a, for a working class yeah. person with my history yeah. that only came because I had a platform yes you know right. that wouldn't have happened if yes. the platform wasn't there yeah. I yeah. would have been struggling so yeah. I understand now where I am yes. in life. I'm yeah. in a very privileged position mm. that people know who I am and know mm. if I have uh, like a talent or mm. a capability. Mm. And that's not true mm. for the rest of my community, mm. do you know what I mean? Mm. And for me, I don't think I can live a life on my own in that space, yes, do you know what I mean? I so do, I, I, do. I have to keep yeah. trying to find ways to bring so, so, So Lynn, your, your purpose, if I'm hearing you right, and I, I mean, people, some people may know about your background, your book, other yeah. people here may not know very much about you yeah. at all but actually I should have asked you to introduce yourself sorry I forgot about that sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just assumed everyone knew all people anyway she'll pick it up she'll go along uh, um, but anyway Lynn um, did 
did you have this because back to this voice thing again did you have this burning thing to say there are voices of people that, that, that are themselves not empowered to speak that you have a responsibility to uh, I speak do for feel, do I do feel, feel a huge sense of responsibility and, and I try and reframe that in my mind many right. times to go you don't you're not responsible but then I'm like do I you have feel pressure an absolute compulsion nobody puts pressure on you do you feel pressure me. yourself yeah. to get that right and to get it authentic and to get it that there's people behind you that are they're not pushing you but I feel yeah, that I think it's I think I yeah. feel a collective sense of trauma yeah. actually I think yeah. I'm just in it I'm very my identity is very wrapped up in my working classness yeah. Yeah. and I like so sometimes I'd watch tv and they're telling a working class story but I even know how the grammar is laid out in the dialogue so I'm like wouldn't pronounce that. that like that like, yeah. do you know what I mean? yeah. and so I'm watching it go yeah. so there's lots of well-intentioned writers yes. that want to tell yes. stories yeah. but it's not authentic enough because mm, that's interesting people are not being uh, yeah. like if you look like mm. I think I was really mm. admired when Frank Berry mm. worked with my daughter mm. Jordan yeah. and his process yeah so watching him in the heart of Talit and Killinarden and Jobstown for months and months workshopping, mm. bringing that out mm. and bringing that authenticity yeah. Yeah. instead of going for like named people yes. for films yes. and actually yeah. seeing the talent yeah. that exists yeah. in communities because yeah. we're storytellers. Yeah. And I, I do say like, I don't think I have much of imagination. All the stuff that I write mm. is real. <laughs> it's yeah, like I, I couldn't yeah. write, I'm yeah. pretending it's fiction, but yeah. I couldn't really write yeah. fiction yeah. for you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like that yeah. we're, we're living quite colorful, creative, yeah. we're very humorous. It's a really dark humor. It's um, you know, we've we've all these yeah, just really amazing characters in working class communities, and I think that they get lost sometimes when we don't try and take from that pill. Mm. Yeah. Well, there's two things to say here, just in case anyone pass anyone by. Jordan Jones, the actor, is uh, Lynn's daughter and a, a wonderful uh, young woman. Uh, she is as yes. well in, in many ways. Uh, but but it's interesting what you're saying there because isn't this time back to what we know broadly, which is that. The power to change things is really behind the camera. Like you can have all the casting alterations that you want, you can do all that, and that's all good. We all want to see ourselves represented. But to get that nuance, to get really the, to the truth of the matter, if you like, mm. um, it, there's nothing beats the person behind the camera in one of those particularly key creative roles, you know, understanding and being part of that community. So giving voice, it's... Um, it's, it's an interesting point there that, that you, that you I think there. even in how we do it, like, so, you know, like if you have an audition yeah. somewhere, some kids in working class communities are so disenfranchised, yeah. they're never going to turn up to something as structured as that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so it's like people tick boxes, go, yeah. well, we had an audition yeah. out there in Ballymun yeah. and it's like, well, that's not how, we, that's, we're never going to engage in that. Like, or you might get one or two because they're already engaged mm -hmm. with a theatre mm -hmm. space, but you're not yeah. going to get right to the heart yeah. of it. Yeah. So you have to be able to go as close to the ground as yeah. possible and you have to be able to contact yeah. the local people, the yeah. youth workers and, and right. try and actually yeah. uh, have like a, a co-creative space where you're creating your art in a in a co-collaborative way yeah. with the organizations that yeah. are closer to the ground yeah. than you'll ever yeah. be by just having an audition yes you know yes. yeah i just i feel so bad that i didn't get you to introduce yourself because <laughs> i was so busy telling you about all my problems <coughs> and that i just went to pause for one moment Sinead in case tell them what yeah. you're working on or what you've done we, we got a great glimpse yeah. now into but just tell them where you are at the minute yeah um my name is Sinead Colopy. i'm from limerick city originally i'm living in ennis county Clare for a long time um, I started out, I suppose, writing um, a short, as a huge amount of people did, um, and it, it was called Paddy, and it did quite well. Um, I was really proud of it. And then from there, I got um, into the Galway Writers Scheme, 
um, for the West of Ireland, it's Galway Film Centre, West of Ireland Writers Scheme, and I got funded there to write a script, so like my first proper, proper script with um, Ariel Gottlieb was the script editor, and I got to write a TV drama called Straight and Narrow, which was optioned by Treasure. And then from that then, it sort of pushed me forward to get Spotlight Scheme through Screen Ireland. So um, I was really lucky to be one of the Spotlight contenders, and then I wrote um, a feature film called 77, which was commissioned then by, um, or optioned by Vico Films. Um, and then from there then I wrote um, a short film for BBC Writers Room called Salvation Calling, and then I got, um, um, what else? Oh yes, but, um, um, sorry, I'm a bit nervous. Uh, Storyland, Storyland is what I'm currently writing on now, so I'm one of the last eight in Storyland, which is an RTE2 drama, um, for a really, really important story to me called Every Five Miles. And then, oh yeah, I was in the Smother Writers Room, which is finished up with that. I did episode four for Smother, which was Treasure and BBC. And then I'm now writing in um, the Hidden Assets Writers Room, um, season two with Peter McKenna. It's a busy (laughs) (laughs) And I'm working full time with three kids. Don't forget the kids. Three kids. I'm a mammy as well, so I have three little kids under 10, and I I still work for Tuesdays, so... um, yeah, something's got to have to give. The kids can't give. The kids are there. They're not going anywhere. So something, it's, it's the juggle. Yeah. Well, that is something else. Now, Lynn, will you tell us formally, yes. I beg your pardon, who your you grand, are? Your uh, grant. So I'm Lynn Roman. I'm from Talla. I am currently a senator, but I've been writing on and off for a few years. I wanted to be a writer as a child. Oh, you did? You I did. did yeah. I did. I joined Eina Blight and Fan Club. Oh, and yeah. Didn't yeah. realise she was dead. <laughs> I hadn't a clue. Um, so I wanted, to, I, <laughs> I wanted to be a writer as a child uh, and that's you know sometimes yeah. your aspirations yeah. in a community like mine will, yeah. will dissipate very yeah. quickly so that kind of was gone so it's nice to see it come full yeah, full circle you know yeah. um so I first start writing when I wrote my autobiography um I then start writing for the likes of uh media it's like for yeah. for um the journal and yeah. uh, different newspapers yeah. and tell echo and then I also write um a series of um, pieces for Rogue, um, which is a women's publication, which is called Back of the Line. So it's kind of stories about people that are literally at the back of the line. I can't even see Guess where the direction yeah. is. Okay. Um, and then for my dissertation in DCU, I started writing uh, film scripts for the first time and realised I was. It's the first time I realised in my whole life was like I'm actually naturally good at this. <laughs> I didn't mean it wasn't yeah. it wasn't my intention. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. going in that direction. Yeah. It was just a class that was on. <laughs> and I think what it is is I, I refuse to lose my um, colloquial language. Yes. Yeah. So I refuse to speak in a way yes. that maybe the status quo or politics yeah. or Trinity Absolutely. would try and demand of me. Yeah. So I found in film I was like I can just actually all my dialect yeah. is in there it's and great. that felt really much closer to me more like a natural fit so I wrote a four part series called Just Kids which is about vigilantism in in Tala but it's told through the eyes of the four young teens so up until this point it's told through this like revolutionary style something but it wasn't it was just a violent Mm. awful time where communities torn down each other so I tell it through that direction and then um, the film that I'm working on with Claire I actually wrote as my dissertation in DCU which is set in the mid 90s yeah. and at its heart is about sexual consent amongst young teens and it's kind of uh, yeah 90s wow. a lot of 90s culture in there and a lot of gritty difficult scenes but also a lot of love and yeah. friendship yeah that's brilliant Lynn. yeah can i go to claire now if, introduce yourself first claire i'll be in trouble come on and then tell yeah. us how you ended up what, yeah. what, what drew you to yeah. Lynn. and um, so i'm claire Byrne from dublin 
and uh, oh god where do I go next sorry I'm really <laughs> nervous I didn't expect to be um, hi everyone <laughs> uh, so I had kind of a it's semi-traditional route I suppose into film because I actually studied I, I did a, an undergrad in art yeah. and then like so at the end of my undergrad there was like these little canon like handy cams like this is back in 2012 we weren't shooting anything on our phones yeah. like and I started playing around and then I sort of, um, at the time as well, there was this kind of easy access uh, Scottish thing, like it was no fees for to go and study in Scotland. Yeah. So I don't think that's the case anymore, but I got kind of lucky and ended up doing a master's in film then, which completely turned me off it actually for a few years. <laughs> that's a different story. But, um, but I suppose I had that kind of, that learning and it equipped me to kind of know how to do it. So did a bit of traveling, yeah. various different things. Anyway, found my way back to yeah. film. And about five, yeah, it was about five years ago, 2017, kind of found a girl gang, that's Alfonso Films is my small company. And um, we didn't kind of say it at the start, but now we're very much like waving the flag and shouting from the rooftops that we are a female focused company. And all our stories that we're interested are interested in are, are female focused and it's, we're proud of it now. We were yeah. kind of afraid to say it at the start, yeah, you know? Yeah. And we've because we've worked with so many really supportive men yeah. as well, like so we're afraid to kind of sound yeah. like we're we're trashing yeah. them okay. and yeah. they're not, but yeah. um yeah. and they're great, yeah. like but yeah. yeah, it's it's just been a really it helped me, I think, find yeah. my confidence in yeah. film because uh when you surround yourself with other women it's just a bit more of a safe mm. feeling space. So um yeah, so since then we've just been making shorts together, like writing, producing, directing. I mostly direct um, then my two partners, Joe and Emma, they're both writers and producers. I've actually started writing in the last two years as well. Oh. I think out of necessity because of the pandemic. I'm not very good at it, but um, <laughs> but I'm writing. Well, I'm good at it. Yes. 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 You don't have your attention. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm more of a doer. I think I find it genuinely really hard to sit down yeah. um, and like look at a screen for a prolonged period of time say that I'm, I'm also an editor so that doesn't make any sense but it's a bit of a busier job um, so yeah I've been editing a TV yeah. as well in, a, in, the, in the mix okay. and directing like six shorts now few commercials which is a really hard mm. one to mm. I'm sure you know that as well it's really yeah. hard to mm. push in um, and then yeah like in the last two years since the pandemic mm. so like how and why I found Lynn was I did kind of know Lynn I was lucky enough to work with her very briefly before the pandemic but then I read her book and I think it was you posted like an Instagram story and you were watching mid 90s by Jonah Hill and you were like I have loads of cool 90s related stories about like growing up and I was like do you want to write it into a screenplay <laughs> and uh, and then I just started like kind of pestering you and I was reading your book I think around the same time and I was like, any chance like you're you're interested in reading and writing for screen? And you were like, I'm actually doing a masters in screenwriting. So it all kind of just it did come together. Yeah. yeah, it all kind of came together. And then when I came home, I was traveling at that time. And when I came home, Ruth Cody. So like all kind of lined up with. I had my short film that was Screen Ireland funded, Sister yeah. This, that was in Diff that year, yeah. and that got a bit of recognition. Yeah. Um, which was great and got it under the noses of people like Ruth Cody, who was a fan and she got in touch. And yeah, so Ruth was like, do you have anything you want to make? And I was like, yeah, just Lynn, I want to get going. And so like, it, was, it wasn't it was a long like yeah. back and forth process. But what was it about Lynn? I mean, you could argue there's loads of people around that are great writers and I'm sure there's people 
approached you or would uh, plenty of people I'm sure would yeah. have so what was it about Lynn's well like I stories? think that authenticity yeah. piece is, yeah. is probably the biggest one and like even do you know like I wouldn't have had very similar yeah. circumstances growing up as yeah. in like talking about experience versus imagination I was totally like I had very sheltered rural childhood yeah. where all the fun was happening up in my head there was nothing really going on <laughs> um but then like when I I went from that very sheltered space into a public school and it was like trial by fire and I think it was like when we started talking and and Lynn identified that sexual consent piece yeah. I was like it was very I could relate to that okay. part of her story yeah. very much so because you're kind of thrown in the deep end you know and uh and it was a st- and it still is like I think this project that we're working on together is going to be it, it, unfortunately we still haven't seen it like I think it is we are bringing something new I, yeah. I like I don't feel good about that I think we should be yeah, seeing these stories yeah, already because yeah, yeah. it's happening all the time and yeah, yeah. um, so yeah kind of just that yeah. of like that attractive it's very attractive when you see something new and refreshing yeah. So, so um, where are you at the moment with that project? Well, we have, like, we're, like, I'm almost afraid to say because I don't want to jinx anything. <laughs> but we're in that really difficult, and I'm sure loads of people in this room and you, Kate, will know this feeling where it's sort of limbo, but we're really trying to get the film made, like, like at some point this year. Right. Like, I'm in my head. I don't want to say it. I actually don't want to say the month, the dream no, no, month. No, no, no. I'll say it out loud. But, like, yeah, that's, that's like, we have come so far with the script. Lynn has yeah. written just this incredibly vivid and, like, and no one reads it and doesn't feel right. a million okay. different things. Like, it's, it's really odd. There's been very little corrections. Like, yeah, that is own. odd. Yeah. I'm just, and like, wonderful. like, you're all sure. Like, <laughs> like, you're all in this world. Like, don't trust me. Yeah. <laughs> no, it really is yeah. brilliant. Like, the, the characters and everything, like, and even I, I, the casting process, like, it's, I love hearing you talk about that because I've begun it in a small way mm. where I am, like, talking about like you both have been mentioning about like that space that not everyone gets to be a part of like the audition space and I was in a youth club in D1 and a girl said to me like oh because I was like oh and would you go for that such and such audition and she was like oh no I can't because I'm dyslexic and my heart just sank and I was like oh my god you need to meet like a million different actor friends of mine they all have dyslexia like there's so much of that and there's all these tricks and different ways you can get around it and uh well, yeah, they need to be told. Because this week when I knew I was coming here, I was in a school and I was doing a group. I actually asked the school completion program person in the Cush College, could I, could I talk to the, a class who, um, of, of girls, of 17, 18 year old yeah. girls, because I was coming here and I'd love to see the, the really young perspective. Yes, yes. And it was really interesting because the principal rang me and he goes, um, I'll give you the honours English class. Oh. And I was like, no, no. <laughs> why? Why? I just said girls. I didn't. Uh, and he was like, no, because they're really good at English, and some of them might be going to yeah. study English yeah. literature and stuff. And I was like, no, no, I, I don't really want to. But that's what he was pitching me at. Yeah. And I says, do you know what? Now I says, can I go to the LCA, the Leaving Search Applied? Because my sister did a Leaving Search Applied, and my sister's severely dyslexic. And I said, can I talk to the LCA girls? And he goes, oh, they're all going into hairdressing now. They're all going to trade. And I said, can I talk to the LCA girls? And he goes, well, okay, but, you know, you won't get much out of them. And I was like, because they'd have no interest in this. And I just went, oh, my God. So I went in and I spoke to the LCA girls and I said, and it's interesting that it's called breaking in because one of the things I said is called breaking in and one of the girls, she said, you never break into hairdressing. You don't break into teaching. You don't break into any other profession. Why are you breaking in and what are you breaking down to get in? And I said, the fact that, 
we have to break into this industry yeah. means we're here we're knocking yeah and she says i can't break in she says i wouldn't be have the confidence to go up to dublin on my own and come into a fancy room yeah. and not wear the right clothes and talk in the same accent she's like i have a million stories but she says i don't have a laptop oh, and i'm like oh yeah and she goes we don't have wi-fi i'm like oh yeah and i was like how privileged are we yeah We've got internet, we've got laptops, we've got the language. And the women that I work with in the homeless services, they don't have them. But they've got the stories, but they don't have the physical means to get the stories out. And I think that's like with your auditions. Yeah, because she was interested in acting. She yeah, had they the wanted. She had the talent. But she, she said she stopped herself by saying, no, there's no way I could do that because I yeah. can't read the script off yeah. the thing. And I'm like... We, we've also just produced a <sighs> podcast in the prisons. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went in, but we made sure we carried out a load of workshops in the process. So I think sometimes with working class stories, what we do is we ask them for their experience, but we never ask them to participate or we never ask yeah. them for their ideas. Yeah. And usually you're closest to the solution of things if you're in the shit. So, so it feels like you're kind of robbing you're just, if you you're like you're taking stuff. Yeah. Yeah. now before we can kind of yeah. talk more but I cannot leave Kate Dolan <laughs> beside us here uh, without saying Kate we, we, uh, many of us will know you but will you tell us a little about yourself first and then tell us about what we've been talking about the kind of the voices thing and yeah yeah um, yeah sorry <laughs> you say everyone knows me I'm like do they <laughs> that's weird um, uh, yeah so I'm Kate Dolan and I um I'm a writer-director, so I just did my debut feature film, which is called You Are Not My Mother, so it just had its release in... Yeah, and it was... I don't know how to react to that, so I'll just brush past yeah, it. Brush um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I just did my debut feature, so before that, I... Um, that film was made on the POV scheme, which was uh, a great scheme, kind of... Um, focused on female writer directors who wanted to do their first features and it was fully financed by Screen Ireland so they gave you all the money to make your debut feature. It was not a lot of money but it was enough to make a film so um, yeah very grateful because the development process was really expedited and we were kind of by the time we wrote the script to get it like actually made and finished um, it was a really short process because like other films that I have in development like you know you're there for like a really long time trying to get them made and it's really difficult so okay go back a minute because your background is quite different isn't it yeah yeah so you came the formal route didn't kind you? of yeah. yeah so i i um i went to i went straight from school into idt to right. the national film school yeah. so that was um uh to do film there yeah. and that was a four-year degree so i did that and then did you find that helpful um, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> is it true to say, because what I'm interested in is that we can come at this from all different places, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, I know that we've got this, all the barriers, I'm not trying to, but what I'm saying is, is it true to say that you were early identified as a talent? <laughs> I think Kate Dolan's name was mentioned as a talent years ago. Did some of you hear that? that yeah. Kate Dolan? Yeah, did you? Yeah. You must know that. Though. I don't know if I do know that. Um, <laughs> I feel like I have massive imposter syndrome. Well, I'm sorry, but everybody in the room has that. Yeah. You're not special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we're so, we're not special. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Um, and later on, there's a woman talking, she's going to cure all of us of that. Perfect. <laughs> so that's fine. But, but Kate, did you kind of. What was it a good experience going through? Did you, did you emerge kind of going? I know exactly what I want to do and where I'm going. Not really. I think like I, the best thing about college was um, meeting the other people there, and I think some of them I still work with today. Like okay. John, who I met there, he edited my feature film. Right. We're like best friends. Um, 
and you know a bunch of other people yeah. I met there that I still work with or still kind of I'm in contact mm-hmm. with and we kind of make things together so that that was kind of the best part I think I wanted to do horror movies like I loved horror movies they were my favorite thing growing up and like I loved reading Stephen King and all that kind of stuff mm. and in college they really kind of didn't want us to do that mm. because at that time like the horror movies that were coming out were like Hostel and Saw and stuff like that and they were like torture porn styles so then they were like that's not prestige you won't get into like a film festival mm. making those kind of movies mm. blah, blah blah so you can, I kind of diverted to drama which I you know because that's what would get you into the film festival mm. so I made my graduate short film it played at the Galway Film Flat and like it was kind of a ghost story when I first wrote it, but they kind of, at the college lectures, I think they wanted it to be more straight up drama. So that, I kind of altered it for that. And then then the next film I made was self-financed uh, through Indiegogo. And that again was like a very straightforward drama. And that then played at the Berlin Alley and stuff. So I kind mm. of played the game a bit. I knew that like the films I wanted to make mm you wouldn't get into the big film festivals right. with. So I kind of engineered things that I wanted to do, I guess, to get me to the next level mm. of what I wanted mm. to do. Mm. But like, it was really tough. Like even like when I came out of college, it was um, still quite recession, like, mm. you know, was really impacting the industry. Mm. So like you couldn't, I couldn't get a job at all. Like even in like the cinema or like extra vision where mm. I used to work and stuff. <laughs> um, so it was really kind of difficult to get work and I actually won a competition which was a film like a you made these little like spec ads mm. for reachout.com which is a mental health charity and I won that and the, the prize was an unpaid internship yeah so uh, but I was delighted because I, I was sitting at home all day doing nothing and I was like going mad so I won that and then I started I got an unpaid internship in TBWA which is a um, advertising agency in Dublin so a different one now is it uh, we talking about the same internship there? Is yeah, that yeah, that was the unpaid internship. Oh, I thought you might have won a second one. No, 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 it's just really that one. Very com- huge congratulations. <laughs> but that, so then I worked in that ad agency for a while, which was a whole different side of the, yeah. like, you know, that kind of creative industries, yeah. which was much more about, like, yeah. making money and, like, yeah. um, you know, doing McDonald's ads and stuff like that. So that was, like, a, a good education in that kind yeah. of side of things. And then they did start paying me after I worked there for a while. So that was good. Um, You're kind. Yeah, I know, eventually. Um, so that was like kind of, and then I was doing that. And then I also like, then I left that job. I started doing like, while I was in college during summers, I would work in on sets as much as I could. So I was kind of doing like a million things. I used to edit videos. I worked as an art department trainee. I was doing all these kind of Nixers jobs, little things. Because being a director or a writer, it's not like mm. you can't kind of like just do that. Yeah. So I had to kind of be writing while I was like mm. trying to do all these other jobs and like do things to make money. Um, well, let me ask you because I've asked the others about you know that sense of voice, stories that you want to tell. Yeah. Uh, and and clearly you know that's what's interesting about you know clearly there, there's a passion that there's something that wants to be told badly. Did you have that passion? Definitely. Yeah. I think. Um, like I wanted to direct, I think I was like really wanted to direct and I think because you can't just, it's hard to find the stories that you want to direct I suppose. So then I started writing out of necessity of like, this is the, like, there's no like female coming of age stories in Ireland. There's no like this, I'm queer filmmaker as well, like there's no LGBTQ stories that I see myself in at all. So it was, was like, that something that kind of galvanized you to, to, to 
to, to commit those stories yeah yeah did. definitely yeah I think you like and that was your passion really yeah I think if you don't see yourself on screen yeah. or in like the things that are being made you definitely have a feeling like well who's gonna do yeah. it if not yeah. me so then you're just like I don't think I'm a very good writer even now but I just kept writing and writing because I was like well what, like I'm, I'm just gonna be sitting here doing nothing unless I'm doing yeah. this so yeah. it was yeah. kind of like out of necessity in a way of like yeah. well I'll try it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it started to pay off, so it's working. Okay, well, it certainly <laughs> is. Yeah, it definitely is. Okay, so we're, we're, we're in, we're in a, a time when there's more, um, there's more consciousness, I think, around gender equality, also diversity of stories that haven't been told and so on. Do you... A, did you, did you, were you kind of the recipient of that, do you think? Do you think that you happened, all of you, to arrive on the scene at the right time and I'm adding another question to it now, so I won't be coming back again. I feel I'm going down an assembly line. Um, do you think there's something else that should, could be out there? Because there's plenty of people in the room, and you know, who, who have stories, who are writing away, who you know, who, who aren't as fortunate to, to, to break through. And I'm wondering about, you know, what are there pieces of the jigsaw that aren't in place? So, A, did you capitalise on where we find ourselves? And B, was there something more from where you're coming from that if, if something more had been in place, it would have been useful? Can we start with you, Sinead? Yeah, I think I landed in... Like, I knew nobody. Like, I had zero connections. I didn't know the name of a producer. I didn't... I'd never worked in theatre. I'd never... I'd not, I wasn't an actor. I hadn't worked in advertising. I literally knew nobody. And I think that was actually, now I look at it now, that was kind of nearly worked in my favour because I, did, well, I wasn't really aware of the kind of the hierarchy mm. that's in there. So I was kind of oblivious in my ignorance. So that kind of gave me this brazenness that I could just send emails. <laughs> then when people would talk to me, they were like, you did not email him. And I go, why, who is he? And he was like... That's the, that's the director, the CEO of Shinowell. And I was like, hmm? And is that big, yeah? And he was like, oh, Jesus, Sinead, stop, stop. And I said, it's just, I know how to write a professional email. It was like, dear Larry, blah, 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 I like what you're doing, blah, 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 this is what I did. And they were like, God, you have a brass neck. And I was like, I'm just inquiring, because that's what you do if, you're, if I was working in any other company. And they were like, no, 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 you're at the bottom. You are so far down at the bottom, no one knows you. You have to grovel, you have to network, you have to network. And I goes, oh, I don't have time, I'm too old. I don't have time for this. I'm too old, time isn't on my side. And I have too many children under my feet, so I just go send the emails. And they did reply. And I think it's only because it's Ireland. And I think if I was doing this in the UK, I'd have been gone. I'd have been dust. And I think Ireland is unique. I think it's supportive. I think Screen Ireland, for me, have been amazing. And I think I was coming with years and years and years. I think my age worked in my favour. Mm. Because, like Lynn was saying, I think I could relate to the stories. I was coming with background. Mm. And I think that really did help me. But I think the thing that could change a little bit is who holds the power and the power is in the hands of the money and the money yeah. is going to production and yeah. producers yeah. and I think we need to see more diversity in producers yeah. yes yes and yeah. I think if you've got diverse producers are going to then naturally go out into diverse communities uh, because they gravitate to what you know and what you're comfortable in mm. and I think we're all looking at diverse writers diverse directors and all this um, I would love to see diverse 
producers mm. well, that's and I think you will then see them actively I'd love to see producers going out mm. ra- looking rather than the writers chasing them yeah. I'd love to see them going into communities mm. um, and talking to people like myself and Lynn know mm. um, yeah because I've sat in rooms where nobody sounds like me mm. yeah. nobody yeah. sounds yeah. has my accent like and my yeah. mother sent me yeah. to elocution Did when you? I was 12 <laughs> because she said you've got to knock the Limerick accent out of you because she said you'll never get a job in the city. Like I was turned down working in Roche stores when I was seventeen because the girl said she says I'm you from know, Limerick as well. You can't. We're from Limerick, you see. So we know Roche's was yeah. the store where the girls yeah. from Laurel Hill went because yeah. they had the good uniforms. And if you went in in my colour uniform, you wouldn't get you wouldn't get a job. And I knew, but that's in your head. I know. Yeah. And when that's in yeah. your head at seventeen, yeah. it does yeah. give you a little chip on the shoulder. And yeah. my mother sent me to 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 narrow that voice. And I said, I, I know she was doing it out of a good place and she just wanted the best for me, but I just thought, how sad is it to change your voice? That's why the mm. voice really stuck with me. Mm. But I think going back, I think producers, yeah, I think that's really the key mm. for me. And, okay, now, now, in 2022, like, surely, is it, is it different when you're in, you, I know you're in a room and they're still probably speaking with a different accent, maybe, maybe they are or not, but is there not something marvellously refreshing for people to hear you speak because to me I could listen to you all day I just, I think I'm maybe that's just a Limerick thing I think it's the Limerick thing I mean I talked about it I think it's for me when I first started out the language was really intimidating so I didn't know the script industry language so yeah. when I was getting people talking about POV I was okay, like POV right. yeah. the feck is the POV <laughs> and I'm there googling <laughs> the POV is wrong and I'm like nobody told me what the POV is and I'm like oh jeez I look and then I felt so stupid so I'm not going to say anything and then it was like end of ep hook end of ep hook oh Jesus where's my little book end of ep hook and it was the language so you could yeah. have the story but it was yeah. the language of the industry yeah. I had to learn that language of the industry mm. really fast you guys had it from college. You had it really in built into. Um, I was really yeah. clueless. Yeah. Structure, how the industry works, and I think I learned. It was really scary for me was when you're in production, especially in TV, and how fast it is. Yeah. Turn it round. Turn it round. Your notes are coming yeah. in. We need yeah. scene by scene in three days. Turn it round. And I'm like, the kid's sick. This is yeah, done. To go to yeah. Okay. Turn it round. Turn it round. First draft. Second draft. Third draft. And you're like, oh, freaking just sweat. Know, yeah. Um. That was an eye opener, yeah. and that would be very that would put an awful lot of people off. Mm. If you have another job and a rake of kids, yeah, a rake of kids. And I suppose I should come in. Feels like there's a rake of I should come in and say this is why Raising Films Ireland yeah. is yeah. launched, and that is why it is important. Yeah. We have time to talk about it today, but Jennifer and yeah. I are both on the board of Raising Films Ireland, and it's for yeah. that very reason that um, that it's important. Uh, Lynn, wh- what about you? I suppose it's it's very different because I've yeah. come in at a different angle. Yeah. Like so, I, like people yeah. have. I've had the privilege of people being able to see that yeah. I can tell. Does name recognition help? Exactly, yeah. it does. It does, yeah. of course. Yeah. I mean, like, what? How would I have managed yeah. that space? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I had to, like, because mm. I'm out there, I'm mm. speaking. But I think mm. this idea then that, like, even say breaking in or things have changed. Mm. I think, unfortunately, in in whether it's in my day job yeah. in politics or whether it's in writing yeah. or film, yeah. we're actually up against an, an invisible yeah. uh, pushback now yeah. because uh, 
men and different uh, you know industries are now learning to manufacture yeah. that they care about diversity yeah, yeah. so it's yeah, all yeah, surface yeah. level yeah. so yeah. they're learning a language of power they so are. raw power doesn't do, do the job anymore mm. so they look at those who are being progressive fighting for diversity fighting for mm. equality and they're going how can we make a look like mm. that so yeah. then they learn this surface mm. level yeah. language mm. yeah. to make everyone in the room look like they're yeah. included yeah. but actually there's still the invisible force that's yeah. happening behind yeah. the scenes yeah. that will work hard to keep you mm. out and I say that from an intersectional mm. standpoint yes, more, than, more than gender alone yeah, yeah, no, I know. so that yeah. full intersection yeah. Uh, yeah. stuff so like I think there's people men in this industry right now that are really infiltrating that space mm. and mm. putting out something that yeah. they is actually a PR for them rather than mm. actual mm. building a more inclusive and space. makes it so much harder to kind of break down doesn't well, yeah, it because it is so polished yeah yeah, yeah. and it's a performance yeah, yeah in it's a way. performative yeah. 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 yeah 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 so i think that that's yeah. still there and i think yeah. that's it's harder to point that yeah. out there's so, a lot of narrative going on social media at the moment and it was really hard to, to watch it and i just deleted i didn't respond but it was when storyline came out and there was a lot of a lot of projects were women yeah and there was and i even heard it in my own yeah. men that i know yeah. who are writers women writers like if you're a man in this industry you get nowhere if you're a white middle class yeah, man yeah, no, and, it's, and it's like oh you get nowhere if you're a white middle class man poor you like what a hard station you've had i mean spare me but um there's a lot of that you're getting it because you're a woman yeah and i'm like you know you're getting it treat us on the writing treat us on the script treat us on the talent but um you're starting to hear that in kind of passing and it's like oh if you're not a woman in this country in ireland now you won't get anything mm -hmm. if you're a woman of a yeah. certain ethnic background or certain this it's all diversity take and it's yeah. it's, it's really yeah. unsettling yeah. to hear that it is no it is and it's true that that is definitely a, 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 an amplified discourse these days lynn can you tell us to, in the way that you did if there was a piece that you could put in because okay things there has look there have been things in place. I'm just conscious of the fact that I'm, I'm quite prepared to go to the barricades if it needs doing. And I'm not saying we should all be going, oh, they're all our pals, all the funders, we love them and we'll dance off into the sunset. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is I think we, you, have to, um, you have to constantly see where you are because the battle that you fought six years ago is not the battle that you need to fight today. So, but, so are there pieces, if you're talking about a willingness in the funding bodies to say, okay, we want to do something. We want to hear what you think needs doing. What's the piece that's missing for you? I you'd think like to with anything and everything, you have to have uh, a level of willingness to take risk. Mm. So I think unfortunately, whether it's funding for film or funding yeah. for entrepreneurship mm. or a full mm. everyone's looking for the one that mm. will make it look like they've had a great outcome so yeah. they're going safe bet yeah. Yeah. safe producer yeah. safe yeah. this safe yeah. that yeah. and it's yeah. like so yeah. there's not enough risk taking mm. yeah and the sharing of the capital mm. to allow that yeah. risk have the best possible yeah. chance you know yeah. so like i always say it's a bit different but i always say it about um community projects yeah. in say Tala, for example yeah. right um, they were set up by women and men that were yeah. from the locality yeah. that had knowledge yeah. of their community yeah. that were really built that from nothing when Tala had was just barely fields, you know. And over time then the structures build in a way that they push out the local knowledge and it becomes a professional and you have to have, you know, to run an organisation or a funding body or philanthropy, you have to be 
have a master's or a PhD. And right? so it keeps the structures have taken it and taken it and taken it up here and it's pushed no local knowledge mm. out all over mm. the place. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. So if you can recognise you have privilege, yeah. you also have to not just recognise it and go, well, I'm going to like make sure there's like a black person and a traveller on yeah. this. Yeah. You actually have to be willing to not be the CEO. Yeah. You actually have to be yeah. willing yeah. for the main funders and the decision funding makers to be the diversity. Mm. Not that you're giving charity yeah, to diversity, know, yeah. but that your structure itself mm. becomes mm. the most diverse representation of everything that you're trying to mm. achieve. Mm. So, I mean, for years it's been said, you know, it's a risk-averse industry. And your point there is like, it still is. is Change yeah. has been made, but it's still not prepared to take oh, yeah. risks other than very tentative yeah. ones for small money, we might say sometimes, because POV, for yeah. instance, was small money, and you alluded to it there. Kate, you know, you alluded in a way there to it. Like, yeah. it's great for POV. It's great that those opportunities were there. Women who've never had a chance to make a film, who are were desperate. I can understand at an individual level how they go, thank God, I don't care. I'll do it for anything. I'll do it for no money. I just want to, you know, use my talents and so on. But it's it was small money. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and, and therefore the risk was minimized. What, what about you in terms of... What question should I ask you again? What would you change? Yeah, what would you change? What's the piece that you would change? Um, I think, like, just probably mirroring what um, yeah. everyone was saying. Like, I, I remember I, I went and did these workshops um, with Leaving Cert Applied students in Mercy and in Chicora, mm. just, like, film stuff with them um, as part of their, mm. like, LCA projects. Um, Gary Gannon actually asked me to come in and do that. The LC, the Mercy girls are great. Yeah, they're they? really good <laughs> crack, yeah. Um, but they, like, you know, they all, like, had no kind of, like, they were, like, in no way thought that, like, that industry was for them at all. But, like, they were really great. Like, that, like they understood how, I taught them how to use the cameras mm. and, like, because they all had TikTok or like you know yeah. Instagram videos and all that kind of stuff, they knew how editing worked already in their mind, and like they were like, and then we'll cut to this, and then the music, and like, like they had it all in their head, and like right, you know yeah. it was just like it kind of was such a shame. Like I think yeah. for me particularly, like kind of the biggest thing still is class in the industry, mm-hmm. like more than anything else. Like I think yeah. the gender diversity's um, gotten a lot better, mm-hmm. and like I feel like there's a lot of opportunities now. Um, as a, a queer filmmaker, yeah. I think that's still like a bit, it's a weird kind of thing because obviously you're like a niche minority. So like queer stories, you get still told that like it's a niche story that right. like most people can't yeah. relate to. And you're like, yeah. it's a love story between though, two people. Even though it's been said to me recently, we're yeah. kind of, you know, LGBTQ, that's covered really now. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, and you're like, <laughs> like, you know, I have a, a like a LGBTQ story that I have in development, and I remember one meeting we had, um, and notes back were like, yeah, but does that still happen? Like, I feel like LGBT people, like, they don't have, they don't, like, homophobia doesn't happen in that way anymore, does it? And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like, kind of like, we got the marriage equality referendum, so everything's fine now. Nobody gets called a faggot in the street anymore, and you're like, do they not? Are you sure about that? Um, yeah, so it's just like, you know, there's like, I think, but the class thing, I think, is the biggest thing, because, like, anyone, like, that you work with at a high level, like, they're all from a very similar background, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, it's just yeah, like, yeah. so you're getting just, like, the same stories told in the same way all the time, yeah. and it's like, it's boring, do you know what yeah, I mean? Like, it's just yeah. like, how and the only way to do that is like you can have people who are from like you know 
privileged backgrounds who then like take from those communities and mm. are like and then we're making a story about these people yeah. but it's like unless you have the lived experience yeah. it's not the same yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. so. and plus you're not giving these people the chance to tell their own exactly, stories you're yeah. no the only way yeah. you can tell like it's the same with like queer stories as well like if you have straight filmmakers mm. making stories about queer people like there's a disconnect because you don't have the lived experience of knowing like you get people being like but does homophobia happen anymore and you're like yes because i live with it every day um so you know it's like those things where it's like if you don't have the lived experience you can't possibly kind of get the nuances of those stories in the same way so yeah yeah, 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 i think um that yeah Yeah. i don't know i heard someone make the term recently poverty porn yeah 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 yeah, 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 you know and it's like years ago there was like that poverty isn't is about not being able to read and write and have someone else write about you and it's so true you know and there is there is that bit of poverty porn going on at the minute and um yeah yeah, it doesn't play well Claire, what about you? What's the bit that's... I know you're, you're coming from a slightly different angle, but yeah. for you looking on... Well, you I know, think, and, like... And, and it, wanting to bring certain stories to the screen. Is there is there a yeah. piece missing that, that's... I feel like this is just a real practical mm. one, but mm. it's something that I'm kind of... Mm. And, and like you're... Like you, Kate, mentioned it earlier, like you can't just be a director, you can't just be a writer because it's not sustainable mm. to pay the bills or, yeah, you know, yeah. as, a, as a lifestyle. And I think we need to kind of address almost like a career development for right, yeah. like the the starkest um inequality let's say for yeah. say directors is mm. in the more kind of um what's like the 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 more lucrative kind of directing yeah. roles yeah. like like directing commercials if you're to look at the numbers of women who direct commercials versus men mm. it's like shockingly oh, shocking shocking. and that's where the money yeah. is because you, you get paid a lot of money to do that get, a lot of connections get made and a lot though, of connections well. get yeah. made but it's and like, like yeah the rosters yeah. on commercial yeah. direct yeah. like you'll have and you have one token yeah. woman at it's like a comedy sketch like how bad it is and like if myself and kate were afforded a few commercials a year wouldn't we be better off of course, yeah. like feeding our development yeah. as directors mm-hmm. directing commercials mm-hmm. I'd be so much further along I think in my career if someone said you know if there was a bit more and like mm-hmm. I have you know been really really lucky I've had great um opportunities through Screen Ireland mm-hmm. funding and all the rest of it but if there was a bit more of a a look at, at the overview of like what else you know, trying to nurture people as directors rather than saying like, oh yeah, go off and do your retail job in between. Mm. Like, because that's yeah. what we're all doing. And of course then that's another layer of blocking people who don't have the money to, to get into that business. Because I mean, you know, if you're talking about internship, this is just part of, came up in part of research I was doing. Because I was thinking of myself, like down in Limerick, a family of seven, back in the day, not that I would have wanted to come to Dublin to be an intern in any shape or form, anyway, <laughs> in, in that kind of way, that wouldn't have attracted me. So it's not, I'm not speaking for someone who was bruised and hurt, but I'm just thinking like, somebody who comes from a lower middle class background, a big family, can you imagine turning to my parents with seven kids and going, could you pay for me to go up to Dublin to do a, an unpaid intern? I mean, yeah. that thing is ludicrous. I mean, you just simply couldn't do it. But there is that sense, isn't there, like that. And, and I don't even mean it that everybody is out to get anyone. I'm not trying to be conspiratorial in some ways. But, you know, it's shorthand too. You ring up someone you know, yeah. looking for someone good for the well, office. Who would I get? It's all that. Yeah. It's quite incestuous. And that goes way. back yeah, yeah. to the low risk thing. Yeah. Like the other thing, and I, I heard like a big studio exec say this on a panel in like years ago. She was like, the reason, like, it's not a risk for a man to 
see him he, he sees mm. he sees like this young up and coming mm. filmmaker mm. he sees himself in this mm. person yeah. he's going to take the risk on that guy rather than this woman who he has nothing in common with yeah. or someone from yeah. a different yeah. you know a different background mm. no shared experiences mm. it doesn't feel like a risk mm. to them so that's why you get mm. a really slow move mm. on those mm. bigger higher pay yeah. jobs and mm. and yeah when there's more money the stakes mm. are higher which is such like a cop in, yeah, but that's, that's yeah. what they fall but back like, on. But like, you know, for, I, I only was able to kind of get to where I am in my career because my, my mom's house is in Fairview and I lived with her, I lived with her for like the whole time that I was working because mm. I, you know, that was like, if I wasn't able to mm. do that, like I definitely wouldn't have been able yeah. to do what I yeah. did, you know, yeah. and it's just yeah. like, I was really lucky to yeah. be in yeah. that position that yeah. I could, like she wanted to like, yeah. Let me say there. Yeah, well, um, yeah. So it's just like yeah. you know, like if I didn't have that, like I don't know yeah. where I'd be now. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so leaving leaving practical things around, and I'd say I, we need to speed this question up because I would love to get a chance to people to ask a few questions. Okay, so there are practical things. What about your head? Is there something? You know, do you have like how? I know you, it's easy to say because you've all had a degree of success. So there's probably people listening going, well, it's it's grand for them. But I presume there were times when you didn't have success. Well, you didn't have, Lucia, you didn't, you know, you're, you're uh, a newbie, no. really. But, like, is there a switch? Like, how do you keep yourself believing that you can do it and that your time will come and to hang on? How do you how do, you do that? I, I say this quite often, like, am I a who email? I do have, people don't believe me, but I do, and I've shown it to people. I have a folder called Rejections. <laughs> I have a folder called Camp School Work holiday bookings, Ryanair bookings, and rejections. And I, every time, and that rejection soldier is full. Like, I know it was sitting at 66, I think the last time I looked at it. And because every time the rejection would come in, whether it was for a scheme or something I yeah. applied for or whatever, you know, I would just move it into the folder. And I just, boop, across. And then it's like I've parked it mentally. Right. And I will now process it and do my own, whoa, whoa, me in the yeah and then it's in the folder and then when you get so many rejections and then when you get the win yeah. and then the win folder has about 10 in it okay and then you go look how many rejections you had to get through to get that one win mm-hmm. and it makes the win feel so much more powerful because you've had to fight so hard for that mm-hmm. win and I think for me it's like the hardest rejections are the ones on projects that are really, really personal, and that's like Lynn's projects are completely personal. Whereas some of mine are psychological thriller, and it's yeah, all complete yeah. fancy in my brain. It's yeah. like, oh, right, that didn't fit with them. It might fit with you. It might fit with you. But the ones that are deep, soul, my own personal stuff, and then you feel, oh God, like they rejected that really important story to me. That hurts, and you have to kind of sit with that wound for a while. That's harder yeah. to get over yeah. Yeah. than the other ones. But I mean, it's, I think it's like from working with the kids I work with, it's like I tell them, get up, get up, get off your, get off your ass, get up. You have to keep going, you have to keep going. Life is hard, go, keep going. Resilience, resilience, resilience. And I spent 20 years telling that, and then if I'm not doing the same thing, mm. a bit of a cop out really. So Sinead, like, do you think it would have been harder to, for you to say this to us here today if you didn't have one win? What about people who don't have a win yet? Do you yeah. know what I mean? That's yeah. what I'm... And I mean, the win can be just getting your short mate. Yeah, oh yeah. Like, the win mean. is getting the local authority 8,000 yeah. yeah. to go out to Sligo yeah. to shoot yeah. my short. That's yeah. your massive yeah. win. Yeah. It's huge. 
And then from that, and it's to hold on to that win. Yeah. And I just think, or I, I think maybe it's the recognition that somebody out there thinks what you've put on paper is good. Yeah. That's a win. Yeah. Or it has, it's, it's got potential. Yeah. Or somebody will answer your email. Yeah. Like when I got the reply from Larry Bass, I was like, woohoo, that's a win for today. Oh, right. okay. He replied yeah. to me. Yeah. Like my wins are like, we're so tiny. Yeah. Um, and I just think celebrate every single one of them yeah, because definitely. they're few and far between. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Liz? Um, repeat the question. Sorry, That's I was really engrossed in everything exactly. you were saying. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying like, Rejection. how do you keep going? I know you yeah, come from a different very perspective. Different. Yeah. So is there like, are you somebody with, that, that suffers rejection that would want yeah, you or are you very totally, I think, person? you know what, listen, I've experienced such big traumas in my life. Right. If I, I have to keep it on scale. Yeah. <laughs> do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, you know, um, I think like, I mean, Kate mentioned imposter yeah. syndrome yeah. and then people have fears. I think... Yeah. I've very much early on in my life it, yeah. it had to challenge myself that I'm aware of structural barriers. Yeah. I'm aware that they're there. Yeah. So I can either just accept that they're mm. there, you know, mm. and not do anything, mm. um, or I can not be constrained by fear. Yeah. So I'm very much... Um, I used to always try to explain it. It's an odd. I'm giving an odd example here, right? But it's the only one that's come to my mind. When, I, like, when I was younger, mm. um, like I grew up in a quite a violent situation, mm. and mm. Um, like I was stabbed. I was, you know, the, the, the way we were, like it was, it was um, the community was just in a real, yeah, hard place at the time. And if somebody in the estate was like, say, threatening me, yeah, like all my friends would avoid somebody that was threatening them or that was yeah. potentially going to hurt them. Yeah, I'd knock on the door. Yeah. Like I, I'm so afraid of unknown yeah. Yeah. that I literally will take my biggest fear and I'll run straight to it. Okay. And I do that in every single thing. I'm not constrained by mm. fear. It doesn't mean I don't feel fear. Mm. I feel it like intensely, mm. but I can feel it at home and do nothing mm. or I can feel it and step into mm. it. Mm. And then when people say like stuff like imposter syndrome mm. and do you feel it and how do you get past it and stuff, I just go, i be an imposter. Yeah. <laughs> i be an imposter. Because the outcome is better yeah. than me yeah. sitting at home going, I can't do it because I'm an imposter. Yeah. I'd yeah. rather have the benefit at the end of it. Like, I walked into the Senate not knowing what a senator does. Like, I mean, like, so I'm just, yeah. I'm just yeah. like, yeah. be an imposter. Yeah. Yeah. You, the door is being yeah. opened. Yeah. It's there. Yeah. Be it. Yeah. Like, whatever that means. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So they're the yeah. two kind of ways yes. I kind of yes. work my brain. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's a, it's a working of the brain going like, you know. Yeah. You either sit at home and let yeah. it go by it and go, I wish I had it done that. Yeah. Or you just, you just, you just do it. Do it. Yeah. 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 Claire, do you, you're nodding there. If, if, yeah, yeah, like so similar. Like, uh, you know, anyone, I was like, everyone has anxieties over different things. But yeah, they're the one sure way to kind of quieten your anxieties to just like overactively <laughs> yeah. like do the yeah. thing that you're anxious about. Mm. And so I think, yeah, faking it till you make it like, just put on a smile. No one knows what's going inside your head. But also, like in terms of the rejections and stuff like that, I think, like I heard a really good thing when we were, I mean, me and the girls were kind of starting out applying for like, like if, like that, the I couldn't have the rejection inbox because I need a whole separate Gmail account. Like, it's hilarious. <laughs> Honest to God, like we, we are professional application doers or whatever. We are just applying. Apply for everything. I like, yeah. I'd say Screen Ireland are so sick of seeing my name coming in the door. Swear to God, like I'm just, I, we just apply for absolutely everything. And yeah, you kind of, you have to 
almost do it of like a currency like if we apply for 10 we expect to get one which doesn't sound like a lot sounds very difficult but it's it's a comforting kind of message to tell yourself like there should be a support with those application pieces because that's where the diversity will get lost yes there's people in communities that will look at them forms and have an absolute like me and Claire stepped in to help a young man with dyslexia from Feathercairn who really wants to be in the film world but he was he said I can't they're not going to understand a word of what I'm saying so like I transferred Transcribed, Claire sent them some information, mm. but there's no help for anyone. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. an advocacy space yeah. to advocate with people to actually yeah. be get into the currency yes. of application. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it is. It's a really yeah. like it's something you kind of, like. As in some companies in se- in different sectors have professional grant mm. uh, a- a- appliers. Yeah. I don't know what the <laughs> word is, but like yeah. that's their job yes. is they apply yes. for grants yeah. all day long. Yeah. And monopolizers. I think call them monopolizers. monopolizers. Yeah. <laughs> And I think when you get it, like, because it's all through the yeah. company, like, it's yeah. through Alfonso Films, we yeah. end up doing it. Yeah. And like that, we, we try and find people who maybe don't have the mm. language around it. And we say, come on in, we have a, mm. we've got checklists coming out yeah. of our, you know. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Actually, that, and that should go on the list yeah. of things yeah. that could yeah. be done because yeah. we do an awful lot of free work. That's right. Yeah. Um, a lot, like a lot of pitching. Yeah. Like you'd spend yeah. a week on a pitch. Yeah. Well, I would. Yeah. Like I labour yeah. over these things, yeah. and you don't see a penny yeah. for them. Yeah. And half the time, you don't get the job yeah. out of it either. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah there's and lots same of stuff for writers. There. Like I remember when I applied for Spotlight, it was quite rigorous, and it was for new entrants yeah. and new writers. Yeah. And I was like, like I write funding applications. For two slap, like I would, we would fund Bernardo's ISPCC and stuff. So funding applications don't right. freak me out. Yeah. So yeah. applications were fine for me. Yeah. But like that, I'm like, if I was a writer who had no, you know, would struggle with an application yeah. process, I would literally have clicked on the link and clicked off the link and walked away. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's very yeah. intimidating. Kate, what about you? What about you in terms of um, whatever? Oh, how the to fear, like keep yeah. going? How do you, yeah. <laughs> do you? Is it is it just a case for for you? That there is, this is the life, and there, like, there's no yeah. giving up. Is it's kind of like, like so you I get so far in, don't you? Yeah. And then you yeah. go, yeah. Yeah. Do then you're like, well, I have no other skills yeah. now. <laughs> 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 I can't get any other job yeah. now at this point. Um, but Video I, shops have closed down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't go back down to me. You can turn around to 39 and yeah. say, I want to make wedding dresses or yeah. something mad yeah. like me. Never say, this is all I can do now. Okay, you're yeah, still true, young. You're still young. Wedding dresses. I hear Ryan made her first wedding dress at 50-something. That's so cool. And yeah, before that, she was doing something totally different. Amazing. When I heard that, I just thought, go on, Vera. And that's why, that's why I was like, I was 39, I wasn't that old, so. Amazing. Um, I think, yeah, I kind of go through it, like, having terrible imposter syndrome, where I'm like, why am I, what, what am I doing? Um, all the time. But then you also have to have, it's kind of like, it's like a weird duality where you also have to think, like, you're the best person yeah. who's ever walked the planet. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's kind of like, I, I have no skills. Well, yeah. I'm terrible at writing. Why am I getting yeah. this? But then you have this other side where you're like, I can't believe I didn't get that because I'm amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of like when you're getting rejected, you're like, but I was perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then when you get it, you're like, oh, Jesus, they're going to find out. They're going to figure it out. Yeah, so you kind of have to just like be so deluded that like this is going to work out and like just kind of believe that in your mind and like, keep going because yeah the amount of directions you get you just like 
Like, I have millions that I've had. Kate, it must be sensational that you have your first feature. That can't be a small thing. I mean, no one can take that away from you. Yeah, no, it is amazing. Will they give you another one? Does that ever... I mean, are you now on to kind of, will I get more? Yeah, yeah. I think it's like, I was talking to somebody um, who's, like, you know, much further along in their career, and I was talking to him about... uh, He's a writer-director as well. And he was like, oh, yeah, never ends. Like, every film is hard to get made. Like, even if you've made seven feature films, like, your eighth one is just as hard to make sometimes as, like, your first one, because, like, getting the money every time is, like... Because it scales up all the time and like you're at a next level so then you have to scale it up again and like getting that kind of or getting that kind of talent to be involved and all this kind of stuff so you're always kind of like clawing your way up mm-hmm. gradually mm-hmm. so it just i think yeah now i'm like you always have the big fear of the next thing you're like what if that was just a fluke and now i'll never get to make another movie um so yeah you kind of yeah it's, it's um navigating that is difficult but yeah. i think you just yeah have to be so deluded and you're just like I'm amazing. Nobody can stop me. <laughs> Does anybody? Susan, we're about 15 minutes left for Q&A. Yes, I, ju- I was just, I just had held back. I was on the ball. Anybody have a question for any? Yarrow, you're supposed to be here helping today, not taking over the time for asking questions. It's not so much a question, but I just wanted to ask Sinead for her email list, because I can't get anyone to return my email list. <laughs> <laughs> so, please. I actually thought you were going to say I have to ask Sinead for her autograph. And I <laughs> 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 yeah, so no, it sounds to me like you live in a completely different Ireland than I do. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to talk to Yarrow. Uh, guys. A brilliant chat, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, anybody else for, anyone for question, lads? Yeah, hi, um, Andy. I'll stand up. Yeah, do, do. Thanks, Andy. Yeah. Who'll kick off? My writing process, I can now, I'm lucky that this year we're talking about the money. Because of um, the writers' rooms gigs, I can actually Mm. afford now to put down to three day week, which has been amazing for Tusla. And then I write two days. Mm. So I have two days designated writing days. Whereas before that, my writing process was I wrote in the middle of the night. So my writing process was kind of like from nine in the evening till about, depending on what project I was on, but about one or two. So it was like really, really tight. And I write every day. And some days are more productive than others. And um, I outline constantly. I find it hard to get past the outline because I just think it's never good enough. And then I write beat sheets after beat sheet after beat sheet. And then I refine, refine, refine. And then finally, I, then I, I get to script. And I'm just rewrite, rewrite, rewrites, rewrites. I never, ever would think a project is good enough. I'd always think, give me more time. If I just had another few months, I could just make that act three, just sing that little bit sweeter. And that's okay if you're in a development process where you, you, you don't yeah. have a production deadline. Yeah. But when you're writing for television, you don't have the time. Right. So you have to. So I think beat sheets are great. I think scene by scenes are great to st- for structure and for flow, especially for television. Um, and um, I think if you write every day, and then I think sometimes give it, sometimes I do think actually, I give myself a pause if I'm stuck, and I give myself two or three days, and then I go back to it, because I'm getting stuck in my head. And I also think actually it's really important for your health. I used to, it's writing, you're stationary, you're sitting yeah. a lot. Um, my back was wrecked yeah. from, because I'm very tall. Yeah. So I was like, this, 
And it wasn't until my son realised, he's like, Mommy, what's wrong? You're like the hunchback. And I was like, what? And I was like, oh, geez, my shoulders. I have a good writing desk, yeah. posture. And then I put on a ton of weight in the first year. I put on nearly two stone because I was writing at night and I was eating to keep yeah. myself awake. Mm. So I was like a big yeah. balloon and I was hunched. And I was like, this writing is so unhealthy for me. And I was chain smoking and I was like, this is going to kill me. So I just had to realise your health. And I talked to Peter McKenna about this as well. Like, and he says he put on a heap of weight because you're sitting a lot, you're not moving. Yeah, yeah. It can be very, and it's very isolating because it's just you, your own in your head. And you don't have a team, you don't have an office. And all of those things are really important, I think. So your writing process, I think, just have a kind of whatever suits you if it's going out power walking with your headphones on listen to your music get up move walk stretch um because i think it can yeah affect your health in a yeah. certain way you know that's true yeah, yeah, yeah. then yeah i don't know how much help i'll be to this mm. <laughs> claire will tell you i don't uh, i don't have structures or processes or sometimes i don't actually know what it is that i'm doing um i have a constant narration in my head right, yeah. so i think i've been writing stories for about 30 years and they're sitting right here and uh, that's what's just fallen out of me like I mean when I wrote my autobiography mm. I think I wrote 80,000 words in six weeks and Gil was like will you back off <laughs> <laughs> so like and it's quick yeah it's fast yeah and it's um, but I don't think it's fast just because it's coming to me in the moment yeah I think I have a uh, I don't know what my brain works in a funny way like I you know I could be having a conversation with you yeah. but there's something else constantly torn yeah. and torn and torn yeah. and so I think my process is you very see internal it in your face. Yeah. yeah you know you're like oh Lynn's already writing yeah. you're on a zoom meeting and I'm like Lynn's already working yeah so I just think that's a natural thing rather than something that I've decided to like train in yeah. myself I just think my brain internally yeah. processes 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 but would you start just writing a draft of something I just start writing I don't know where it's going sometimes yeah. sometimes I'm just it's just happening on the page okay yeah so I don't but you don't do the step outlines or no the I don't do beat sheets I don't cheats. do structures yeah. but that, okay. that's not just for no, me no, in no, writing yeah. Yeah. like I'm very very, uh, I'm an ideas person yeah. and I have a vision of where something is. Yeah. Like I'm not, I remember trying to teach on the tone and teaching program in Minute and yeah. I realised like I can't take people on a process. Yeah. There's something, there's just something about my own learning style yeah. or my own that I don't, uh, I don't, I don't do process. Yeah. I'm impulsive. I'm gone to yeah. the finished product before, and I, yeah. I can't really walk That's you. Yeah. I can't yeah. walk. Yeah. I can't it's walk myself yeah. through yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 So yes. I'm not really yeah. helpful. Yeah. And it's funny sense. that if I'm not structured. I go off on so many bloody tangents that somebody asked me to write a comedy and by the end of it, they were all dead. It was horrendous. <laughs> it was torture in it. It was terrifying. And I gave him the five pages and he goes, oh, for fuck's sake. And he goes, did you not do the beachy? And I said, no, I just went, oh, and everything just went mad. And he goes, it looked a bit like EastEnders on speed. And I was like, oh, God. So I, if I am not, I would just lose it. But I think there probably is a structure. It's us invisible. Yeah. Like yeah, it's not yeah. something yeah. that like, yeah, no, I need I to see yeah. the structure. Yeah. Yeah. I, it is, yeah. It's not something that yeah. I'm fully aware yeah. of, I yeah. think, to be yeah. honest. Claire, is there any point asking you this question? I mean, no. <laughs> Sorry, Andy. <laughs> Kate, what about you? Um, I, I, write, I write with some, I write with Karen Healy. I've never done it on my own. That process is like we're writing a comedy and yeah. it's me I don't know if you know Karen but like she's, she's gas funny, yeah. so it's me and Karen shouting jokes across the room at yeah. each other and kind of occasionally breaking into song and then that's the process and then it's like <laughs> it's taken like two years to write a script and then I watch someone like Lynn write a script in like a matter of days and I'm like fucking hell but yeah that's my 
Kate, what process. about you? Um, yeah, I feel like I like to think I have a process. Yeah. Um, I like try to be diligent where I'm like, be at your desk at nine, like sit down, do your pages, like set a page, like count for the day yeah. or like whatever. But it doesn't always work out like that very well, I think. Because um, you kind of have to be beholden to your creativity. So like, you know, sometimes I'm like, now you're gonna sit down, you're gonna do 10 pages this morning. And like, then I'll just be like looking at the it's window. It's already a barrier yeah. between you yeah. and you. Yeah. So it's just like, you can't force yourself to be creative But are you like, in, is it going on in your head all the time? Kind or? of, yeah. Like my girlfriend gets really annoyed because sometimes if I'm in the middle of writing yeah. a script, like I just delivered a draft of a script um, this week and like she hates it because like i'll be she'll be telling me like the dishwasher's broken and i'm like yeah yeah and I it's just like it's not listening yeah. just like yeah. maybe if i move that scene here yeah, and yeah. the like midpoint yeah. will be earlier and then yeah. that will make that work better yeah. and like you know sometimes when you're in the thick of it and you're like in the middle of writing a script and you're trying to get it done like i'll be lying in bed and it's 1 a.m and i'm like actually i need to just get up and write that yeah. now because yeah. if i go to sleep i'll like not Jesus. have the same thing yeah. in my head so sometimes you just have to be beholden to like how it's gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. I do love um, sequence outlines. So like for feature mm. film, I find like the eight sequence method is really good for me. Yeah. Cause it's kind of like the bit where this happens and, or the bit where they're like right. chased by a monster. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. you kind of can break yeah. it down then yeah. into like sections yeah. and that makes it a lot easier for me yeah. to like, just, yeah. to, and like sometimes like, yeah, scene by scenes, if you're kind of in a real kind of dense moment where you're like trying to figure out how to move things around just writing the scenes out you kind of see them then sometimes even just like post it's like put them out mm -hmm. so then you can kind of look and you're like ah you can kind of see it as a picture in your like it kind of make i think sometimes if you can do things that like take you out of a page and make you see it more as a physical like i feel like my mind's quite visual so like seeing things mapped out like it actually can break something that like if I have a writer's block yeah, or something, okay. just yeah. like seeing yeah. it kind of visually yeah. where you're like, oh yeah, or like I'll change the color yeah. of things, like a red post-it for a scary yeah. scene in a horror movie. Oh, and then yeah. you see all the red post-its lined out in the floor and you're like, oh, that that's going to be yeah. too much if yeah, they're yeah. all close together. So like sometimes yeah. that just like helps you kind of break yeah. out, I think. Oh, yeah, we were taught that when I was doing Smother because they, they advertise it as a thriller and they say like how many thriller beats and yeah. I think yeah. TV is good yeah. because TV you have to have it's different with features I think yeah. features for me I love features yeah. maybe a bit more because you can be really creative yeah. and you have much yeah. more space but when you're in a thriller beat so you have to have thriller beat thriller beat and it can be kind of a bit formulaic but it works for a reason I yes, suppose yes, they know yeah. what the audience wants so it's yeah. thriller beat here end of hook here fit in another thriller beat there and you're like oh beats 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 and it's like oh my god whereas it assets is great because it's procedural so yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. action beat action beat yeah. action beat and you yeah. see it like a big spidergram on the wall yeah. Yeah. it's fascinating because yeah. then you've got to go across six episodes and you've got yeah. to go across all the seasons mm -hmm. so it has to be a monster spider yeah. whereas yeah. your feature your stop end yeah. 95 yeah. minutes yeah. Yeah. and that's yeah. it that's yeah. done so yeah. it's there's different if you're doing tv or yeah. or feature i think yeah. yeah i think as well like one thing i really like to do sometimes if i'm stuck in my head I'll just watch a bunch of movies that are yeah. in the same genre, yeah, the same genre. That's and great, then yeah. like watch when things happen or like how things work or like the pacing of it yeah. and like oh yeah the way they do that there and then that kind of that scene's there mm -hmm. and like listening to dialogue mm -hmm. and like that kind of stuff in other movies I feel like that actually was the best kind of education for right, me writing yeah. was just like yeah. break down or read scripts of your favorite movies or read right. scripts of like movies that yeah. you know are in the same yeah. genre as your film and yeah. then that kind of helps you see how other people lay yeah, things out yeah, and then you go yeah, oh, okay yeah. yeah that makes sense any other qu 
Janice and then Jenny, if we have time. Jennifer's looking for her, her, her thing. Frightened. She's frightened. Me. I just wanted to ask, she, how many people are in the writers' room? Denise. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the writers' room. Um, so, God, there's a lot of people because there's a lot of producers. <laughs> so the producers are all there. The director wasn't there. Um, and it depends. Like all writers' rooms are different. So you've got your lead writer on both projects. There's the lead writer. And on the first writers' room, there was one, two... Um, three, four, four writers and then the lead writer and in the other, the next writer's room I'm in there's me and there's one, two, three yeah, a writing partnership, so there's like four writers again and then the lead writer and then the producers and then the commissioners jump in so then you're sitting there sweating going, oh my god, everyone's looking at you um, so don't make yourself sound too stupid, but yeah, it's a big it's a big room, it's busy, it's, it's a busy space yeah uh, Jenny, did you want to I also think for a lot of people that haven't had a positive experience of the education system, courses in general just styled like is in a similar kind of way. There's a natural uh, resistance to sit in that space. So how education is delivered is very important. So just because it's not school and it's still a course, like if it's like nine to five, it's sat in a certain way. Is it authoritative? Is it this? So I find for uh, a lot of people that I work with, because I'm a community worker, and I see we make a lot of community films and stuff for like Drugs Awareness Weeks. We, we're being creative all the time. Uh, but we, 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 um, we do it by doing, right? So we're not going, no, we're doing a six-week course and we're going to make now this film on uh, men in Fatima mansions. It's actually just, we're just doing it. You know, so I think there needs to be a whole reframe around how we develop skills, that it doesn't need to be called a course, it doesn't need to be that you go and visit a college to do it, but that actually we're really empowering communities in their own communities, have, having artists and residents in the most working class mm. of communities, like we've Kate O'Shea, who has been working from Dolphin House for a long time, you know, so it's like how do you take it right down and not just step in, or, or, yeah, it's, it's like... I, work in addic I worked in addiction for a long time. When I was developing a new project from scratch, I don't just open the doors and tell people something's available and ask it to come along. I spend the four, six months of my job never having the people in the building, but actually me on the streets, me chatting to them at the shop, me chatting to them at a fire. People are really afraid of outreach now in communities for some reason, and I think that that's, we, can, we can actually try and shift that around. So it's like, it's not about courses, but literally working with people in communities for long periods of time that they trust you and they learn the film skills while doing because academia is not necessarily something that we 
automatically feel drawn towards mm, you know yeah, absolutely but can, can academia outreach oh yeah. yeah i think there's a huge space for activists mm. artists and academia to really form a, a, a strong agenda mm-hmm. together yeah. and i think that yeah like i mean th- that's what i'm saying i think academia plays a role but it's 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 forcing academia to understand that its role is not necessary to make people come into the university mm-hmm. but make the yeah. university mm-hmm. go into the people and it's like reverse reverse it how do we reverse it yeah i think it, i don't know if it's all, through all the etbs in the country but i definitely know that limerick and clare etb have um a big range of film and production Core, they are courses, they are the formally formal courses, but it's from, I think it's called from production to screen, and they're short, and they can give you, there's one on writing, there's one on actual production skills, it's all skills-based links with Troy, so they go to Troy Studios, it's like an internship, so it's practice-based, which is really appealing. So you get, there's pathway, it's called Passport to Production, and it's run, the, the ETBs are, are very involved in the Midwest, and, and I think it's pretty, I know people that would never have gone in because but they're like internships where you're paid. And so they do get payment every week and you're learning the skill and it's linked in with the production studio in Limerick called Troy. I think that was really clever. I think it was the right way to go. And I think is this year or next year that there's going to be drama on the lead insert yeah. syllabus. Yeah. Yeah. That is going to be massive. That'll be brilliant. That is going to be a game changer that you can do, I think, is it gra- drama and something else? Film, theatre and drama. Film, theatre and drama. That is a game changer for this industry that you can do that as a lead and search subject. And I would guarantee you, we're going to have kids staying in school just for that. Otherwise, we'd have lost them. It and, would bring uh, outside teachers though, I think, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They bring film people into It would bring them in. in. Or, or, you know, sorry, it's, I can't see it. <laughs> if they bring, you know, people from in. Yeah, the oh, they'd have to. Teacher, yeah. I don't, I'm a drag facilitator, yeah. and I go into the community as a drag facilitator, not as a teacher. Yeah. And it's a very different thing. You'll have to have, have your HDIP to teach it. I think I just know kids that I know that I'm trying to keep in school, and I know that sometimes it's one subject. Mm. And it's the love of that one subject that they'll mm. come in for. Mm. And I know kids at the minute mm. in Clare, and if we had film and drama as a lead insert subject, they'll come for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's massive. That's brilliant. Yeah. And do you want to jump in on that, lads, either of you? No, no. I just no. Yeah, I, I think like the, there was a lot of focus on theory and doing essays about film and stuff, which I really didn't enjoy that part of it. Um, I know you get you need your education of like the classic films, but I think some of it was a lot theory based. And then just kind of practical skills I realized I didn't have when I graduated, like how doing an application for Screen Ireland works or like how certain things on a set works. Like I didn't have some vocabulary when I left college, a four year degree that I would go on a set and people would be saying this like something to me and I'd be like what does that mean because like you're it's all theory based so it's all like and you know some of your lectures are people who probably haven't been on a set recently and it's like or ever. it changes so quickly as well like some stuff so you kind of like just having general like understanding of how things work actually in the real world and like doing applications or like how to do your taxes if you're a freelancer and like yeah, stuff God. like that it's like true. do you know it's like yeah it's 
It'd be good if you had left with a few more practical skills in that yeah. way, probably. Um, How to apply for the, you know, the artist exemption scheme. And yeah, like I didn't even know that existed. I didn't know until my, to my accountant was like, you're a writer, you should apply for this. And I was like, what? what? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> it's like it's crazy. They like, you know. But some the Guild or somebody put, put on, I saw something on social media recently. It was really, really good about... Um, an accountant who was going to give the workshop. Yeah. And I just went, oh, because it was only in my head a few weeks ago, go, oh, God, they should really do something like that yeah. for the business and the industry. Yeah. And then I saw it advertised and I said, yeah. oh, fair play to yeah. you, because yeah. that's really, like, I, I'm really bad. I can't yeah. even add. Yeah. So, like, that yeah. stuff was really important. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, have we time for a No, you're out of time, but what I would suggest for coffee. coffee break is that we continue the conversation. Perfect. Uh, can we give a clap to Claire, Shalane, This event was funded with sponsorship from the BAI. If you would like to find out more about the work that we do at the Writers Guild, log on to script.ie.